Reader's Digest presents Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, thank you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundromat. Sam Slade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including showbiz news, classic radio shows, movie reviews, trivia contests, and celebrity interviews. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense, starring Margaret O'Brien in a good Thanksgiving program. But first, we're going to talk to one of my good, good friends from Hollywood, the wonderful Kathy Garver. Kathy is on the line. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Carl. How are you faring in all this snow? Oh, it's not good. I'm not enjoying the snow at all, Kathy. How are you? I am enjoying the snow from California, and I am in Chicago. That's right. That's right. Last night with all that beautiful, as we call it, angel poop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. uh, Fascinating to me. I'm not so crazy about it today, however. Yeah. Well, Lisa Wolf is here. She wants to say hi, too. Hi, Kathy. I know we met a while back when you were in the studio not too long ago, and we're glad you're back with us again. Yeah. So you're here. I'm delighted to be with some of my favorite people. I know you're here in Chicago and you're on a, like a, a tour uh, promoting the new book, correct? That's right. My book, Surviving Sissy: My Family Affair of Life in Hollywood, and I am very happy to report that it won best nonfiction book at uh, Books by the Bank and is number one on Amazon for Hollywood history uh, memoir. Oh, that's fan- that's fantastic! And you uh, sent me a copy, and I got to tell you something. I have one word for the picture of you on the cover, and here's that word. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, some people said, "Well, that really is not indicative of your personality because you're like, you know, energetic, like the Energizer Bunny, and and very up." And this picture is rather. Hollywood kind of yes. confidential, yes. you know? Yes. I said, well, that's okay. That's the other side of my personality. Yeah, well, you are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You always have been and always will be. And this picture of you is, how old were you in this picture? Do you know? you remember? I was, I was about, um, I would say, 22. Oh, okay. We thought younger, right, Lisa? Yeah. We even thought younger. So, yeah. Well, that's why you look so young today at uh, 35, 40. How old are you now? That's 30? correct. Yeah. Yes, you, that, is, uh, that is very correct, Carl. Well, you're a beautiful woman and always have been. And you were amazing on Family Affair, of course, playing Sissy. And this new book is uh, is tremendous. It's just it's awesome. And uh, you even talk about me in this book. I do indeed. Now, do you know what page you're on? I just did an affair tonight, uh, the Black Cat Ball for the Treehouse Shelter with Paul Wisnick. Uh-huh. Paul, Paul was being the MC, and I came up and I donated like a Mrs. Beasley doll and some other things. And, <laughs> and I'm on page 229. <laughs> <laughs> so what page are 
are you on, Carl? I don't know. I don't know what page I'm on, but I got to tell you, I looked through this and then uh, saw my name in the back, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I'm in a I'm I'm famous! I'm in a book! Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and it's so great. You talk about how we first met, and I'll never forget that we were uh, we were somewhere, and you had broken your foot, or was it your leg? We were at we were at the BEA, the Book Exposition, yes, in Los Angeles. I had broken my leg. Yeah. Um, and, well, actually, it was my tibia and fibia, but I was in a cast from my ankle all the way past my knee. And I, I, my stepson was wheeling me around with my leg up on a, a big pillow, and uh, he had to leave. And there I was, I guess, looking like lonely in the uh, corner. And some very nice man came up, and he said, Hi, how are you? I said, Okay. And we started chatting. He said, "Are you going to the dinner? Why didn't you come to my table?" And guess who that person was? Oh gosh, I remember. It was the little old me, uh, Ed yeah. Hurley. <laughs> a very kind person who took pity on this person with a broken leg. Well, I got to tell you, I saw you there, and I was like, "That's that's Kathy Carver." And I forget who I was with, but I said, "That's Kathy Carver. She played Sissy on Family Affair." And I got it. I had the biggest crush in the world on her when I was a kid. And I'm going to go talk to her. And then I said, come sit at my table. And uh, and we then we became friends after, uh, longtime friends after that. And we we'll always will be. And you're just the best. And I love you. And what else? What are you working on right now? So what's a TV or movies or what are you doing now? So after um, this book, I have another book coming out March 1st, which is Ex-Child Stars. Mm. Where are they now? Mm-hmm. And that will be launching. I finished a movie with Sean Astin this mm. year called Unleashed, yeah. uh, where, uh, and that, uh, we just saw the screening of that, so that, that will be out in 2016. Right. I have another movie that I will start shooting in 2016 called Heaven with a Gun. Wow. Paul Lamott and Emilio Estevez. All right. And this is a Western. Oh, cool. And then I have another movie that is coming out called Just Go For It, which I'm also producing. I'm also producing and acting in another movie called Sold. I have a lot on my plate. Kathy, yeah. how come you've got nothing going right. on? She You're just, just sitting been... around twiddling your thumbs. I want to take this. Lisa. I want to take this. But Kathy, you know what I want to ask you? Tell tell our listeners. What, I, Carl and I have had a chance to look at the book a little bit and, and and get really excited about it. Tell our listeners why this is a book they will not be able to put down. Well, I think part of it is the style. And uh, I did steal something from James Patterson, the author, where there's short chapters and there's like, he will like implant something in each chapter. And I will say, um, well, more about that later. And then a couple of, well, more about that later. Right, little so teasers. It leads the reader to the end. And I mean, people read this like in two days. Right. Um, so not only is it the style, I think it's it's the maybe the tenor of my life because there's been a lot of disparate parts that I talk about. It's not only family affair, it's my my film career with really like Charlton Heston and Cecil right. B. DeMille and Robert Mitchum all the way up to now with interesting actor Sean Astin 
it's my voiceover career. Right. It's my wonderful your personal uh, radio personal career things with as Carl well. Amari, right. Twilight <laughs> Zone. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's part of it. There is there is incredible pictures in this of of so many Hollywood stars that you worked with and co-starred with. It, people are just going to be blown away by all of the. I mean, so many people that you worked with over the years and all these color pictures. And the book is like almost it's like 270 pages. And the print is, it's not big print. So you, so there's a lot, it's chock full of information. You get a lot in this book. Now, how do people get it? Just go to Amazon or could they go to your website too or what? Both of those places. Amazon.com has it. If they want an autographed copy, they go to my website, which is strangely enough, Lisa and Carl, KathyGarver.com. Mm, that's pretty That's great. And it's, <laughs> and it's Kathy with a K. KathyGarver.com. Go there, and then you can get an autograph like mine. See? Mine's autographed, Lisa. I saw that. It says, to Carl, my dear friend, much love, Kathy Garver. Oh, my gosh. Very nice. I am going to cherish this book, and I cherish you, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow, right? We'll see you you tomorrow. And and make sure, folks, you go to her website and check this out. It's called Surviving Sissy, My Family Affair of Life in Hollywood. Kathy Garver. There's a forward by Patty Duke. And uh, you're just the best. I love you. Love you too. Have a very happy Thanksgiving. You to too, you and Lisa, and all all of the listeners out there. Make sure you go and buy her book. It's awesome. Go to Amazon or her website, KathyGarver.com. Kathy, always a pleasure. We'll see you soon. Love you. Okay, Carl. Thank you. Love you too. Okay. Bye, when we come back, Bye-bye. it is suspense. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa, it's time for a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Suspense, one of the greatest series of all time. As you know, it had all the big stars on it. And it was uh, really a series that was created for Alfred Hitchcock to direct. You know, he was the one most famous director of that era. And he was always doing these mysteries. And they thought, let's bring him to radio and then he was going to direct the series. It never worked out. He did direct the actual pilot episode, but that was it. He just got busy, I guess. But this show had all the best directors, all the best actors, all the best writers. And this episode was a Thanksgiving story written by Ray Bradbury. It's called The Screaming Woman. It stars Margaret O'Brien. And in this story, the, the woman doing the screaming is Agnes Moorhead. Also in the cast, you will hear Ted DeCorsia, John McIntyre, and Lorene Tuttle. And uh, the announcers are Harler Wilcox and William Johnstone and Paul Fries. They have three announcers. I don't yeah, know why. A lot of announcers. Uh, sponsor, Autolite, as heard on CBS. Let's go back to November 25th, 1948, a Thanksgiving episode of Suspense. at 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Margaret O'Brien in Anton Leder's production of The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. 
It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny, almost like summer except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, "Good heavens, I forgot! Your aunt Cynthia's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so her feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, this turkey's done to a turn." So I ran to Aunt Cynthia's, and on the way back I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's lot. It's a big lot, more like the side of a hill that slides down to Monument Creek. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explorers are hunting for treasures because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there, loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Cynthia's, I saw that a lot of new junk and dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They'd even covered up our swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. I was looking around to see where it used to be when, all of a sudden, I stopped and listened. The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for somebody to dig her out. I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Mama, Mama, Margaret, Mama, Mama. Oh, Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Is that the relish? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, next year I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Margaret, I've got a million things to do. Good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, when he back from the lot, I never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. He's in the front room reading his paper. Yes, Mama. Daddy, oh, Daddy, I've got to tell you something. Getting hungry, baby? Daddy, there's a screaming woman in the lot. I never knew a woman who didn't. Hmm. Smell that turkey. We've got to pick, get picks and shovels and dig her up, like for an Egyptian mummy. Oh, Daddy! Well, I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. I can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. But we can't wait that long. Oh, Daddy, she'll die if we don't do it now. I'll give you some money. Oh, so it's a business proposition. Well, how much do you pay by the hour? I've got five whole dollars. It took me a year to save. <laughs> Come here, put. You know I'm touched. Oh, but Daddy, you want I... me to play with you, and you're willing to pay me for my oh, but... time. Why, dear, you're shaking. Calm down. Oh, Daddy, please. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming. Oh, woman. but how's that? Oh no, now, Daddy. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. Well, you've got to come now, Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Ma Nobody Margaret, believes me. Quiet down, right this minute. Oh, or but... I not only won't go with you, but you go to your room and stay in without your Thanksgiving dinner. How is that? Clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. I always liked Thanksgiving, almost next best to Christmas, but that was an awful one. Dinner was a million years long. Everybody moved so slow, like a slow motion movie. Forks and knives and spoons moved slow, and Dad's cheek muscles moved slow when he chewed. I'll try to make things faster. Margaret, you heard your mother now. Don't eat so fast. But Daddy, the screaming woman, we've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. 
Oh, I intend to eat four or five helpings of everything until I can't eat any more. Then I'm going to make an extra effort and find room for pumpkin pie, a few walnuts, stuffed dates. Oh, please, please, Daddy. Now, if you pester me anymore, if you mention her again, this screaming what's-this, I won't go out with you to hear a recital at all. Understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. I wanted to yell. Oh, please, rush, get up, run around, come on, hurry. But I had to sit still. Well, out there in the lot with the sun shining down, all alone with nobody to hear or to help her, was the screaming woman. I could hear in my mind, screaming. Mom and Daddy couldn't hear. They just kept on eating and talking. Well, now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for, hmm? Well, we're all healthy. Prices are sky high, but we're not in debt. Mm. Yet. Those are mundane things, my dear. I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, Puss? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. You nearly married Dora Lampell. Even gave her a ring. No, I never meant a thing. No one... No. You're the only one who's been the serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh? There's only one. One oh. other. Helen Nesbitt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Helen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one, and I still have it. Oh, that paperweight on your desk. Mm -hmm. Funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Daddy. Just a little longer, boys. Warm up my coffee, will you, dear? You know what I'm thankful for, dear? Seriously. That we stayed here in the same town where we grew up. Here you are, dear. Thank you. The same friends. Even the same street. Mm, it's been a peaceful life. Not very exciting, but... Daddy! Margaret finds it pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. You better take her out to the lot before she collapses. All right, now, where is your screaming woman? Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? The big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Mm, Kelly's really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Uh, right about here, Daddy. Listen. Don't hear a thing, except the wind. Better button up your sweater, Puss. Shh, listen. Well, that's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey, there, screaming woman. Hey! Hmm. Looks like the Dolans are starting out for a drive. Well, I guess your screaming woman's let you down, Puss. But she was here, Daddy, right under here where they dumped all the dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming like she was underneath the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Yeah, too bad they buried your fort, Margaret. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks backed in here last evening. There was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. Ah, it must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Only delivers her solo for kids, I guess. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well, I'm going back and take a nap. Let my dinner settle. Well, aren't you going to help me dig? Now, listen, my dear. Don't you think this is a sort of a silly game? But it's not a game. Now, don't stay too long, dear. Mama probably likes some help with those dishes. Daddy! Daddy! I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn! You're there!
there. You're still there. Hey, screaming woman. Why did you scream before? Why didn't you scream so Daddy could hear you? Don't just scream for me. I can't help you all by myself. Daddy, Daddy, where are you? Daddy, Daddy, she's screaming again. Right after you left, she started to scream. You've got to come back. Oh, there now. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Dad. Why, you've got a fever. You're going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave her down there, Dad. We just come can't. Come on along. Come on into your room. That's right. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and nobody listening. Well, nobody caring. Lie down, folks. Lie down. Now, come on. She'll choke where there isn't any more air and she'll die. Now, you're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. No, I've got to dig. I've got to dig her up. It's all those comic books you read. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes now and take a nap. That's my good girl. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? One of the best suspense episodes, I think, in the entire series. We're listening to it now. It's called The Screaming Woman, and it stars Margaret O'Brien in a story written by Ray Bradbury, Lisa, and the screaming woman is Agnes Moorhead. Uh, a, bro- a broadcast from uh, Thanksgiving week, November 25th, 1948. We'll get back to that in just a few minutes. Just, I just love suspense. I mean, you turn the lights down a little low. You know, you get under the covers. Well, we did the light part, not, yeah. not the covers Well, there's part, no though. covers. <laughs> I wish there were. It's freezing in the I studio. I know. Put your coat on. I can't believe how cold they keep it in here. It's um, it's it's like it's an igloo. Like, it, it's very it is, very cold. It is an igloo in the studio here. It's true. So uh, it's colder outside. What do igloo? Uh, what do uh, Eskimos eat? I'm getting hungry. Fish. fish. They eat a lot of fish. Yes. Bring some fish in here. No, thank you. Um, what else? They eat uh, ice cake. ice cream. Chocolate cake. And and uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I am I'm an Eskimo. <laughs> I'm an Eskimo here uh, doing this radio show. I don't know why it's got to be so cold. You put on your mucklucks. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> here's a clip. Catherine Heigl, 2010 comedy drama romance. What time does Doctor Love get here? Any minute. Stop calling him that. Well, I can't believe he asked you out. Doesn't that defy some doctor patient thing? Well, he's a pediatrician, so if he's dating a patient, yeah, there'd be a problem. All right, what movie is this? Give us a call. Toll free eight five five three sixty H three sixty eight five five three sixty H three sixty. Catherine Heigl. 2010 comedy drama romance. Lisa and I, like Estella, will return after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, let's uh, listen to this clip now. Catherine Heigl, she stars in a 2010 comedy drama romance. What time does Dr. Love get here? Any minute. Stop calling him that. I can't believe he asked you out. Doesn't that defy some doctor-patient thing? Well, he's a pediatrician, so if he's dating a patient, yeah, there'd be a problem. All right, let's go out to Schomburg and talk to Michelle. What's up, Michelle? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. All right. So, uh, you know this movie? I think I do. Okay. I want to say that it is life as we know it. Well, I got news for you. You're a winner. 
Yes. You are a winner, which means my crabby brother, who is just still not recovered from the Cubs' loss to the Mets yet because they lost four straight to the Mets. Uh, my brother is still, um, he's just getting out of the hospital now, you know, from uh, being so uh, bummed out about it. He's doing well, though. We're, we're, we're you know, we feed him soup. You know, we, he's not on uh, solid foods yet, but uh, hopefully soon. He's going to send you some fun prizes. Sound good, Michelle? Thank you very much. I really okay. do appreciate that. My pleasure, buddy. All right. Uh, Lisa Wolf. Yes, Carl. Would Mari. you like to know a little trivia about this? Um, I think I'm going to hear it either way, so I'm going to say yes. Right. Okay. Catherine Heigl, Josh Dumel, Josh Lucas. I'm working uh-huh. with him right now, Josh Lucas. I'm working with him in a project. And Christina Hendricks from Mad Men in this movie. Catherine Heigl campaigned to have Josh Dumel cast as her co-star after the studio expressed doubts about his comedic ability. So she well, went to bat know, for him. I would campaign to work with Josh Dumel myself. <laughs> I'm sure so you would. I'm, I'm, I understand that. I am sure you would. <laughs> All right, let's get back to suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Margaret O'Brien as Margaret in The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming. But I was locked in. I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and chinned down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hiya, Maggie. It was Dippy Smith, who was ten years old, the same as me. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down in the ground and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Dippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. I don't dig unless I hear a scream. Then listen. I don't hear nothing. Just wait. You will. (gasps) There. Did you hear it? Hey, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? The scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie to teach me to do it. Hot dog, did you get that ventriloquist book for a dime from that magic company? You got one of those ten things in your mouth? I, I won't tell unless you help me dig. Okay, swell. Give me the shovel. Hot dog. And, and you got to dig fast. Like this, Dippy. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. You're wonderful, Maggie. Say, what's the screaming woman's name? You must have made her up a name. Oh, sure. Her name is Wilma Schweiger. And she's a rich old lady, 160 years old. And she was buried by a crook named Spike. Come on, Dippy, dig. Keep digging. We can't stop, Dippy. Oh, I'm tired. I think I'll go home. Dippy, Dippy, stop. You can't. There really is a woman buried here. Well, sure. You said so, Maggie. Oh, don't you believe me? I wasn't throwing my voice. Come back, Dippy. Okay, but I'm getting tired of digging. Uh, Now, look, Dippy. I'll go way over here, and then you listen. Okay. Listen. (laughs) Hey, there really is a woman here. That's what I told you. Well, come on. Let's dig. (laughs) 
How's she breathing, do you think? I I think she's in the fort. Remember? Sure. That's where she must be. Five or six of us kids could get in it so it's big enough. I sure hope it isn't just a radio or something. Well, a radio would be nice, too. Here, here. What do you kids think you're doing? Oh, oh. Hello, Mr. Kelly. I'm tired of chasing you out of this lot. If one of you gets hurt, maybe your folks would sue me. But, Mr. Kelly, there's a woman screaming. You kids beat it, do you hear? Yes, sir. But listen, Mr. Kelly, don't you hear her? There. I don't hear a thing, and neither do you. Now, now beat it. Come on, Maggie. Mr. Kelly, somebody's got to dig her up. Don't argue with me or I'll phone your folks. This is my property. Do I have to put up a fence? Why should I spend money to keep people off my own property? Dippy, it's him. He's the one. Huh? He murdered Mrs. Kelly. He hit her on the head and stuck her in the fort and dumped loads of dirt on top. But she wasn't dead. She came to. Why, you saw him. He stood right there when she screamed and wouldn't pay any attention. Hey, that's right. He stood right there and lied to us. What do we do, Maggie? There's only one thing to do. We'll phone the police and tell them to come and arrest Mr. Kelly. <laughs> Here fast, Maggie. Shh. Don't make a sound. Is Mr. Kelly in the house? Yes. He went right home from the lot. Yes, officer. You Mr. Kelly? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Is Mrs. Kelly at home this evening? Why, sure. Can I see her, sir? Why, sure. Hey, Anna. What's up? You got a call... Oh, well, good evening, ma'am. What is it? Oh. oh, I'm sorry, folks. We got a call that Mrs. Kelly was buried alive in an empty lot. Sounded like some kid calling, but we had to make sure. Always check, you know. Well, I can't understand. It's those blasted kids. If I ever catch them, I'll break their necks. Maggie, cheese it. If Mr. Kelly telephones my dad, I'll get a licking. What'll we do about the screaming woman? What the heck with her? I'm not going near that lot again. Wait, Dippy. Huh? I know why he didn't hear the screams. Kelly's sort of deaf. Mama says he's hard of hearing. He heard us, didn't he? He heard the cop. He reads people's lips. But he couldn't hear the screaming woman because he couldn't see her. Dippy, come on. We gotta dig some more. No, sir. But we've got to. We're already in a peck of trouble over your darn old ventriloquist voice. I'm not going to get in any more trouble. No, sir. And he went off and left me alone. I wanted to crawl down under the ground with the screaming woman and die, too. It was dark now, and Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed. And then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do. So I did it. To go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who's missing. Why, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Griswold. Is anybody missing from your house? Is your sister from Detroit still here? Uh, yes, she's sitting right over there by the radio. Don't you see her? Em, little Margaret Leary wants... Uh, no, I, I only wanted to see her, Mrs. Griswold. I was just wondering. I just wanted to know if she was here. 
Mrs. Pikes. You're looking good. I'm glad to see you're at home, Mrs. Pikes. I'm awful glad. Mr. Hyde, is your wife still here? Dora, aren't you out pretty late, Margaret? Yes. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hyde. What is it, Margaret? I just wanted to see you, Mrs. Hyde. That's all. The hours were just rolling along, and I rang bells and knocked, and I rang bells. I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet like nobody was at home, but I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking. What do you want? Oh, nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I only wanted to see Mrs. Nesbitt. She's not here. She's gone to the store. At night? Besides, it's closed today, I think. The drugstore down on Clark Street. Oh, well, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like this rocking chair. Go right ahead and do whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh, Looks like we were packing or something, with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? No, Helen's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, burning it up in the fireplace. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Clothes smell awful when they burn. Uh, look here, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come back soon, I'll leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her you were here. What do you want to see her about? Oh, nothing much. Hey, that's too bad. What? I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. No, no, it was broken already. Yeah, I bet your folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go to visit? Oh, I don't know. what. I mean, hey, look, kid, I, I ought to tell you she won't be back tonight. Oh? No. She went to the store, like I said, but she was going from there over to Beachwood to visit her mother. On the bus. She'd be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Well, Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe to sell. Hey, you, you better not tell your mother. Uh, you see, it's kind of secret about Helen going away. She, she doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. Uh, you, you know how to keep a secret, kid? I guess so. Uh, I, I'll give you something for not telling. I'll give you a reward. Let's see. Hey, here, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah. Well, Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting the stuff, she said, uh, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret, that's quite a doll. Old-fashioned. It's made of leather. Face is china or something, see? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone. Understand? Now, come on. I'll snap on the porch light. Uh, Mr. Nesbitt, did you finish your driveway? What do you mean? Did you get all the dirt hauled off to make it smooth? Sure. Sure. Now, come on. I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning and... What do you mean? Were you in the lot this morning? No, no, I, I was at home. I looked out the window. Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. You've been playing out there today. Answer me. Oh, don't. That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with our fort all covered up. The fort? What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. 
That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you found out something. What do you know? I don't know anything. Let me go, Mr. Nesbitt. If you don't let me go, I'll... There! Come back! Hey, come back, kid. I, I'll give you something else. I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. Mr. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked and bit his hand. Then I ran, but I heard him running after me. It was dark and quiet and scary on the streets, and more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I heard the screaming, and it was so quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Stop, Margaret. Oh. Margaret? Oh, oh, Daddy. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? Do you know how late it is? Daddy, Daddy, he's after me. We've been Mr. up Nesbitt. and down alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill me. I've had all of that idiotic talk I can stand. It's you... true. You've got to be... Margaret, I'm going to lick you right now, right here. I've had enough of... What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Why, I, I gave it to Larry. <laughs> Kids stopped by the house, and I, I remembered... Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have the key. He broke it open. (laughs) She's a high-strung kid, Larry. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Yes, he is lying. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? How do you get that, Larry? Helen never let you have that doll. It was locked up. It was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't throw it away anymore, and I'd throw away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me that way, Leary. As God is my witness, I... It's her. Dad, it's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. Leary, don't... Oh, God... Margaret, run to the house Phone the police and tell them to hurry Tell them we've got to dig Hello? Hi, Dippy Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. And they've got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, that's swell. Hot dog. And you know what else, Dippy? They're going to uncover our fort again. Oh, Dippy, wasn't it a keen Thanksgiving? Thank you, Margaret O'Brien, for a splendid performance. And now here again is Miss Margaret O'Brien. It's been just wonderful being on Suspense. And I hope you'll let me come back again sometime. We will, Margaret. And now let me tell our listeners about next week. Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the famous mystery story, The Hands of Mr. Ottermole. Another gripping study in Suspense. Margaret O'Brien appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Tonight's suspense play was by Ray Bradbury, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. 
The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as Rosalind Russell, James Cagney, Ronald Coleman, William Bendix, and many others. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the hands of Mr. Ottermole. This is the Autolite Suspense Show signing off. Good night. Switch to Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And there you have it, Suspense with the Screaming Woman from November 25th, 1948, starring Margaret O'Brien and a story written by Ray Bradbury and the Screaming Woman in that Agnes Moorhead and uh, sponsored by Autolite is heard on CBS. When I was listening to these shows kind of growing up, uh, hearing shows on the radio with other people uh, airing them, before I got into the whole licensing game, I remember hearing this show uh, around Thanksgiving, and the quality was not very good. I'm sitting here listening to this quality, um, which was just brilliant quality, and that has a lot to do with Mike Costella, our engineer who and our producer, who does an amazing job. But we work with the master recording. See, we license these shows. This show is licensed from CBS. And they gave us the master recordings, and so we start with the transcription discs, and then Mike takes that and cleans it up. And that's what's so much fun about working with the people who created these shows and the um, the uh, heirs of those people. We get the masters, and then we put those out on CD and digital download without any without uh, editing them at all. We leave all the original commercials in there, even even with shows like Dragnet that was sponsored by a cigarette uh, company, Fatima. When we sell Dragnet on our CD packs, it has all the original commercials. When we air them, we have to edit them. So go to our website if you would like to uh, collect Classic Radio digitally remastered and unedited. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com. We have a store there with all kinds of uh, uh, shows. And we're adding five, starting the new year, we're adding five collections, five new collections every month. We were doing two collections every month, Lisa. Now we're doing five collections every month. All of your favorite classic radio shows available. Good? Yeah, good. <laughs> what? You've got a lot to say. Yeah. Well, because I'm loquacious. <laughs> yes, I didn't say Very it. Very loquacious. I was just thinking it. All right. So go to Hollywood360radio.com. And when you're there, look at all the pictures of Lisa Wolf. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures of Lisa at our website and her website, LisaWolf.com. Yes, just How did you pictures. get LisaWolf.com? I paid the big bucks, but I'll that's say. why I work with you, right. so I can afford it. Exactly. All right, let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, don't change the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, now let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com. 
Hollywood360radio.com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Brought to you by Reader's Digest. All right, Lisa, have a happy Thanksgiving, okay? And, and Halloween. Happy Halloween as well <laughs> to you. <laughs> Next week, our Miss Brooks, Box 13, Bold Venture, and the Hall of Fantasy. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Costella, national movie critic Sarah Adamson, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. Hollywood 360 with host Carl Amari is brought to you by Reader's Digest. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at Hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.